0: The week before Christmas, when the snow seemed to lie thickest, was the moment for carol singing. And when I think back to those nights, it's to the crunch of snow and to the lights of the lanterns on it. Carol singing in my village was a special tithe for the boys. The girls had little to do with it. Like haymaking, blackberrying, stone clearing and wishing people a happy Easter. It was one of our seasonal perks. By instinct, we knew just when to begin it. A day too soon and we should have been unwelcome. A day too late and we should have received lean looks from people whose bounty was already exhausted. When the true moment came, exactly balanced, we recognised it and were ready. So as soon as the wood had been stacked in the oven to dry for the morning fire, we put on our scarves and went out through the streets, calling loudly between our hands till the various boys who knew the signal ran out from their houses to join us. One by one they came stumbling over the snow, swinging their lanterns around their heads, shouting and coughing horribly. Come in, carol-barking men! We were the church choir, so no answer was necessary. For a year we had praised the Lord out of key, and as a reward for this service, on top of the outing, we now had the right to visit all the big houses, to sing our carols and collect our tribute. Eight of us set out that night. There was Sixpence the Tanner, who'd never sung in his life, he'd just worked his mouth in church. The brothers Horace and Boney, who were always fighting everybody and always getting the worst of it. Clergy Green, the preaching maniac. Walt, the bully, and my two brothers. As we went down the lane, other boys from other villages were already about the hills, bawling, King Wenceslas, and shouting through keyholes, Knock on the knocker, ring at the bell, give us a penny for singing so well. They weren't an approved charity, as we were, the choir, but competition was in the air. Our first call, as usual, was the house of the squire, and we trooped nervously down his drive. For light we had candles in marmalade jars, suspended on loops of string, and they threw pale gleams on the towering snowdrifts that stood on each side of the drive. A blizzard was blowing, but we were well wrapped up, with army puttees on our legs, woolen hats on our heads, and several scarves around our ears. As we approached the big house, across its white, silent lawns, we too grew respectfully silent. The lake nearby was stiff and black, the waterfall frozen and still. We arranged ourselves, shuffling around the big front door, then knocked and announced the choir. "'A maid bore the tidings of our arrival away into the echoing distances of the house, "'and while we waited we cleared our throats noisily. "'Then she came back, and the door was left ajar for us, and we were bidden to begin. "'We brought no music, the carols were in our heads. "'Let's give them wild shepherds,' said Jack. "'We began in confusion, plunging into a wreckage of keys, of different words and tempo, "'but we gathered our strength.' He who sang loudest took the rest of us with him, and the carol took shape, if not sweetness. This huge stone house with its ivied walls was always a mystery to us. What were those gables, those rooms and attics, those narrow windows veiled by the cedar trees? As we sang Wild Shepherds, we craned our necks, aping into that lamplit hall which we had never entered, staring at the muskets and untenanted chairs, the great tapestries furred by dust, till suddenly, on the stairs, we saw the old squire himself, standing and listening with his head on one side. He didn't move until we'd finished. Then slowly he tottered towards us, dropped two coins in our box with a trembling hand, scratched his name in the book we carried, gave us each a long look with his moist blind eyes, then turned away in silence. As though released from a spell, we took a few sedate steps, then broke into a run for the gate. We didn't stop till we were out of the grounds. Impatient at least to discover the extent of his bounty, we squatted by the cowsheds, held our lanterns over the book, and saw that he had written two shillings. This was quite a good start. No one of any worth in the district would dare to give us less than the squire.' so with money in the box we pushed on up the valley, pouring scorn on each other's performance. Confident now, we began to consider our quality and whether one carol was not better suited to us than another. Horace, Walt said, shouldn't sing it.